And welcome to Of God and Men, the show that if it has not offended you yet, today may be your day. <laughs> or come back tomorrow, give us another shot. This is your host, Brom French. It's great to be back with you. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at bromfrench at mail.com or you can reach me at 210-854-8029. At the very beginning of the show, let me tell you, we have reached our storage limit or we are about there and so we will be deleting some of our older podcasts. They will be saved. So if you do want to, uh, for instance, go through the Bible in a quadrillion years, at least the book of Genesis, it is all being saved and you will be able to do that. Now let's move on to some of the news of the day. Donald Trump is still way up in the polls. He is still rocking the House, the Republican House. I had a gentleman tell me the other day, a good friend of mine, tell me, he stated that he believes we needed to vote for Donald Trump, get Donald Trump in office so that he can help our fiscal problems. I totally agree. Uh, uh, not saying that Donald Trump's necessarily the ones, but we do need to fix our fiscal problems. But he made a statement that made me think. He said, first we need to fix the fiscal problems, and then we need to put in somebody else to come and take care of the moral dilemma. And then it began to dawn on me where some of our thinking has gone awry. Because we have thought, we've begun to think that if we fix the fiscal, then the spiritual will follow. We've gotten the cart before the horse. We've got to fix the spiritual, then the physical or Fiscal will follow, spelled with an F, not PH. If we'll fix the spiritual and the, recognize that we can do all the fixing of the uh, fiscal F that we want and still be in the same mess, what do you mean, Brom? Planned Parenthood, selling baby parts. What good is it? Well, we're not losing any money anymore. We're making money. Um, but Planned Parenthood is still aborting children, 50 million children, amazing, crazy, selling body parts. Um, I don't care how much fiscal responsibility we have as a nation. When this is still going on, we're accursed. The Bible says sin is a reproach to any people. And then now gay marriage. Okay, so we've got the one part, the financial part taken care of. But the moral dilemma will bury us. As a matter of fact, the, fis the fiscal financial part is followed or is following the moral part. The reason we're in the financial mess is because we're in the moral mess. And this is not only based on all of us as a people, though that is a part of it, especially in a representative republic like we have. But if you go back into Scripture, you will find that God would judge a nation based on its ruler, based on the ones that hold office. And if we've elected, and especially in this nation, can you imagine God did it even with Israel when David took the census? God was angry and killed, what, 70,000, something like that, and was going to continue, but David prayed and changed the mind of God and offered God a sacrifice, and stayed the judgment. One man failed, and the entire nation paid. 
That's why it's important we first put up a moral, godly man or woman, uh, somebody that respects and reveres the things of God. It is the only chance this nation has. And unfortunately, I don't care how good their financial policies will be. If you got the immorality in office, it really won't matter. We have seen the decline that has come, and it all goes back to a moral dilemma that we have been in the middle of for quite some time, and now physically, financially has hit us. We need to go back to God. We need to go back to the beginning. We need to go back to the basics. We've got to make a return to Jesus as a nation, to our Judeo-Christian values. That is the only hope. After we do that, then we can address the fiscal, the financial situation. As a matter of fact, whether or not we believe it, they do go hand in hand. But if you have one and you don't have the other, we're doomed. Especially if we have the fiscal, but we don't have the moral. Let me take a break. When I come back, we'll go through the Bible in a trillion years. Hold on just a second. Will someone shut that man up? Never! Never! so glad to be a guest on this new and exciting program. I've started a new bathroom design company called the Carousel Bath, not to be confused with my beautiful ex-wife. The bathroom will be round, so if you're unfamiliar with bathrooms, when you walk in the door, if you feel lost, just follow the walls until you come to the door again. There'll be a round toilet, so you can sit in any direction you want without the fear of falling off. Now, some people might feel lost in a round bathroom, so we will provide an extra benefit, a beautiful rubber ducky that will never get lost because it, too, will float around the round bathtub back up to you. Now, for the benefit of those who may wish to use the toilet but are confused by the roundness, you can always pee in the corner, wherever that may be, because there will be a drain in the middle of the floor. And all this for $19.95. And if you order in the next 30 seconds, we will double your order for the complete round bathroom. And we are back. And we're about to go through the Bible in a trillion years. We are in Genesis, Genesis chapter 31. We're going to pick up at verse number 19. Verse number 19, Genesis 31, Bob says this, And Laban went to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. And Jacob stole away unawares to Laban the Syrian, and that he told him not that he fled. So he fled with all that he had, and he rose up and passed over the river and set his face toward Mount Gilead. And it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob was fled, and he took his brethren with him and pursued after him seven days' journey, and they overtook him in Mount Gilead. And God came to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night, said unto him, Take heed that thou speak not to Jacob either good or bad. Then Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mount, and Laban with his brethren pitched in the mount of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What hast thou done, that thou hast stolen away unawares to me, and carried away my daughters as captives taken with the sword? Therefore didst thou flee away secretly and steal away from me, and didst not tell me what I might have sent thee away with mirth and with songs, with tabret, with harp, and hast not suffered me to kiss my sons and my daughters, thou hast not hast now done foolishly in so doing. 
It is not in the power of my hand, is it not? It is in the power of my hand to do you hurt. But the God of your father spake unto me yesternight, saying, Take thou heed that thou speak not to Jacob either good or bad. And now, though thou wouldest needs be gone, because thou were so longest after thy father's house, yet wherefore hast thou stolen my gods? What a, a really interesting passage. If we are to back up at verse number 19, remember Jacob has gotten out of Dodge. He's trying to get away from his father-in-law. He's doing everything he can to leave the old man behind and to move forward. But in moving forward, his wife, one of his wives, holds on to the gods of yesterday. Oh, I can spend the rest of the podcast right here. <laughs> she holds on to the gods of her father who were heathens. She holds on to the gods, to the idols. And just in case you don't know, later on, we're going to get to the Ten Commandments. And thou shalt not have any other gods, no graven images. Uh, that's part of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> so we're seeing here that Rachel has stolen the images of her father. Goes on and says, her dad says, Laban says, they were his gods. She left bodily, but her heart and mind was still back where her dad was. This is the same scenario we see with Egypt and Israel. Israel has been stuck in Egypt for 400 years, and finally God has come in with a mighty hand, and he is pulling them out. But after they're out, Moses is up on a mountain, and what do the Israelites do? But they make a golden calf. He brought them out of Egypt, but he could not get Egypt out of them. And so Rachel is out of her dad's house, but her dad's house is still in her. She's out of the idol worship, but the idol worship is still in her. What an interesting thing. I have seen that over and over and over again with people that God has delivered and brought us from things, but yet our minds and hearts are still back, still tore up, still bowing to the false gods that he delivered us from, still worshiping those idols. Jacob stole away unawares, the Bible says, verse number 20, to Laban the Seer. In other words, he did not tell Laban that he was leaving. And that he told him not that he fled, okay? So he's running, and he's not told him that he's gone or that he's leaving. And he has fled with all that he's had, so he's taken everything. He's rose up. He's passed over the river. He set his face toward Mount Gilead. In other words, this is the direction I'm going. I'm moving that way. But all along, Rachel is still bringing the gods of her past, still bringing those images and it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob was fled. So now Laban is finally hearing that Jacob has left. And he's taken his brother with him and his brethren with him. He's pursued after him for seven days. So he's been on a seven days journey searching for his son-in-law and his children, his daughters. And now he's overtook him at Mount Gilead. So finally he's called him. He's finally gotten to where he is. And God came to Laban and said, don't touch him. Don't say anything good. Don't say anything bad. You leave him alone. I'm not done with him. He's my child. 
And Laban overtook Jacob, and he pitched his tent in the mountain. Laban was with his brother in Mount Gilead. Laban said to Jacob, what have you done? You, you've stolen them away like uh, they were captives. And then you, you did it secretly. You didn't have to do it like that. I would have sent you out with song and tabret and harp. And we all know that's not really the case. And uh, I, you didn't suffer me even to kiss my sons and daughters. I was not, that was done foolishly with me. You didn't treat me right. It is the power of my hand to do you hurt. I could have hurt you. But God, your father spake to me and said, don't do good or bad. And you've stolen away my gods. And so again, now God's beginning to give a sign out saying, hey, don't forget, there is no other God but me. Remember who I am. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you later. Will someone shut that man up? Never! Never!